listening to Impact Sports Daily, WDBM's daily rundown of all things sports. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Impact Sports Daily. I am your host, Matt Merrifield, joined today with Jay DeCoster. How's your Friday going so far, Jay? It's pretty good, man. Uh, not after last night, I'm watching the Patriots stomp the Falcons again, but yeah, everything's going well so far. Yeah, funny you say that. The first topic we're going to talk about today is Thursday Night Football. The Patriots stomped the Falcons 25 to nothing last night on the road. Just a great defensive performance for the Patriots. I don't, how many picks they have? Four? Yeah, they, Something like that. Yeah, yeah, and then Josh Rosen came into the game with his first pass intercepted. So just the way his career has been going, sadly. Yeah, just a great defensive performance for the Patriots. Just a rough, rough game, especially for that O-line for the Falcons. What were your thoughts on the game, Jay? Yeah, I mean, my my thoughts, honestly, are like the Patriots' O-line is one of the best in the league, as usual. I mean, they've been doing this for years um, with, with guys like bringing back Trent Brown from the Raiders and keeping David 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 Andrews around. They're protecting Mac Jones really well, and that's what you need to do with a rookie quarterback. And Mac Jones is one of the best rookie quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, he's He's been better than Fields, um, and he's in the best situation. When you're under a coach like Bill Belichick, when you when you were under a coach like Nick Saban, you're gonna ha- I think you're gonna have really good success, and Mac Jones is having that right now. So it's good stuff for them I mean, the Patriots as they are seven and four. Yeah, definitely. The Patriots have now won five straight games, including some big wins. Two weeks ago, they took down the Panthers twenty-four to six on the road. Last week, they dominated the Browns forty-five to seven at home, and now a shutout win on the road with a twenty-five to nothing win last night. They just look like prime Patriots, right? What we oh, remember yeah. of Brady throughout the last decade, watching him go out there and they just dominate. Great defense, and you watch Brady step back in the pocket, clean pocket, and making all the throws he needs to. Mac Jones is having the same success. So it's definitely impressive to see how just how the Patriots have regained their confidence after the just horrible year they had last year with Cam Newton under center. And it's nice to see them come back to the forefront and be a true top team, an elite team in the AFC. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. Not, you know, I don't think a lot of not a lot of Patriots fans around here, but you know, going Mac Jones twenty two for twenty six, two oh seven and one touchdown. That's that's all you need from him. With a rookie quarterback who came in out of Alabama and under Nick Saban and you know and won a national title. And this year he's looked like a, a true pro. Like he hasn't really had the growing pains. It may a little bit early, you know, against the Dolphins he struggled a little bit in that week one loss. But recently he's looked like a true professional and he's looked in my opinion, like really good. So it's it's good for the Patriots because, like you said, like you said, man, with Cam Newton last year, they really struggled with the COVID year, going six and ten. And this year, they're looking like a prime wild card team, maybe even win the AFC East if Buffalo can stumble a little bit. But we'll have to see. Yeah, the with the Bills loss on Sunday to Indianapolis, the Patriots would take control of first place in the AFC East which would be quite surprising. I expected the Patriots to be a pretty good team this year, be around mm-hmm. 500, but did not expect Mac Jones to take the step forward and just bring this team to a whole different level. I think the most impressive part about Mac Jones is many people said that he wasn't he wouldn't have the offensive weapons that he had at Alabama, no Devontae Smith, Joe Jalen Waddle, and they thought that hurt him because of, I mean, you look at the wide receiver room in New England, uh, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Nelson Aguilar, not big-name receivers, mm-hmm. and he's still finding a way to move the ball and move the ball effectively. The run game's been great for New England. Stevenson and Harris have been great. So it's definitely a lot of fun to watch the Patriots. I know not a lot of people are huge fans of them, but 
I'm starting to find a way to root for them just to just to love the I'm loving the way they start they've been playing the last few weeks. Yeah, exactly. And and like you said about the Bills and the Bill maybe the Patriots taking over this AFC East here. Look, I mean if the if the Bills find a way to lose on Sunday, which they probably shouldn't over a Jaguars team that isn't very good. Look, Patriots like I thought they would be pretty good this year too. They they went on the offseason, spent a lot of money, acquired Matthew Judon, uh, Hunter Henry, um Couple other couple other guys on the defensive side that really helped them. They got Dante Hightower back from the COVID opt out, and their defense is playing like what they used to be in 2019. Their defense was lights out, and they're playing like that once again. And um, Devin McCourty, one of the best safeties in the NFL, just doing what he does best. And yeah, it's just it's it's kind of uh, I wouldn't say like refreshing, but it's just they're back to the Patriot way. I would say. Yeah, you mentioned how good that defense was in 2019, mm-hmm. and that had Stephon Gilmore, who was the defensive player of the year that year. And they, they cut him. Yeah, they yeah they got rid of him this year. They have J.C. Jackson instead, and he's been one of the best corners in the NFL. Yeah, it's definitely awesome to see. The Patriots have a tough road ahead the next two weeks before their bye week. They have a late week 14 bye. They play the Titans at home next week on Sunday, and then they travel to Buffalo on Monday Night Football in two weeks to take on the Bills. So definitely two big games against probably consider the two best teams in the AFC. So we'll definitely get to see how good this Patriots team is. And I think I've said before on previous episodes, the or the Patriots' final stretch of the season, right, the last two weeks they play Jacksonville and Miami. So definitely two easier games for them. If So if it comes down to the wire, if they need to get a final wild card spot or if they're even still competing for a division title, they definitely have an advantage over some other teams. Yeah, and – especially with the Patriots running game. Damian Harris came on burst out of the scene this year, and the rookie Ramondre Stevenson, he's been a, a factor for that running game, especially last week against the Browns, r- rushing for over 100 yards. And Damian, Damian Harris, one of the league leaders in touchdowns this year, and that's what they do best. The Patriots love to run the ball. It's the Bill Belichick type of way. Offensive line getting the job done, and their offensive line is their main strength of this team. Like, like I said, bringing back Trent Brown, Trent Brown from the Raiders and – they they love that they love the way the offensive line goes around there and they have one of the best in the league and that's why Mac Jones is succeeding in my opinion. So before we move on, I would like to ask you one question: Will the Patriots win the division? Uh, I would say right now, no. I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC East, but anything can happen with Bill, a Bill Belichick type of team. Um, but I do think the Patriots are getting a wild card, no doubt. I said it before the year. I think the Patriots have just a really good defense and. Mac Jones will will take will will make the mistakes and yeah I think they're going to get a wild card as of right now so I would agree I think when the Bills are at their best they're probably the best team in the NFL they haven't played up to that standard yet this year but that could be coming I do think that mm-hmm. they'll turn it around and really take that step up and if they do I just don't see how the Patriots can take the division from them but I definitely think a wild card even a, the top wild card is a five seed is no doubt an option for New England yeah uh, moving on it was reported this morning that the college football playoff committee will vote to expand to 12 teams in December and could expand, and if approved, starting the 2023 season, the college football playoff would expand to 12 teams. How about that? What what are your thoughts on that, Jay? I mean, I would love it. I would love for an expansion of the college football playoff because four teams, is it's it's fine, but it's just too bland as it, like, over the last six years it's been going on now, right? And it, I think twelve teams would be amazing. You get the five versus twelve, and I think you get the four, obviously you have the fourteen by. But I think what would be pretty cool is having in the first round the, the higher seed would have a home play, home playoff game at their home at their college campus, which honestly would be pretty cool. Because I saw 
like a mock what that would be like, and they would say, yeah, they would host the playoff game, which would be pretty cool instead of going to a neutral site. So I think you know that'd be a big advantage, obviously, for the higher seed, and I would love it. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? I definitely think that home field advantage in the first round would be yeah. awesome to see for especially the northern teams, the Notre Dames, the Michigan States, the Ohio States, the Michigan. Cold weather, cold yeah. Cold weather, you're playing in snow, I think. In January, yeah. Yeah, I think if. Yeah, I think if you had to ask a team like Ole Miss with that uh, free-running offense to come up and play in the cold, it would definitely be an advantage. But I th- you see that in the NFL every week, so I have no issue with it. Some people have disagreements with it. I would love to see it. I think it would be awesome. My only question is, is now are the Power 5 conferences guaranteed spots? Like, I, I just want to know, and obviously they haven't decided anything final on the format, but would how would they guarantee spots, or would it still just be whoever the top 12 is get in? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, like you said, with, with like the Pac-12, like if Oregon wins it, and they're like what the number the twenty-five ranked team. I don't know how that would work. Um, I mean, you get Cincinnati going to the Big Twelves like in a couple of years, so they would probably win that conference. As of right, like who knows by then, if Luke Fickle's going to leave. But if he stays there, Cincinnati would probably win the. Either, Cincinnati would probably win the Big Twelve, and then you got Oklahoma going to the SEC. It's going to be a bunch of chaos, and I I can't wait for it because. The future of college football is looking pretty bright right now because expanding to 12 teams would just, you know, it would just expand the opportunity for each team to get in because you have the Cincinnati's that are the five seed right now. They're undefeated. Are, are they undefeated? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're still undefeated. So, and they might not get in. So now you have this opportunity of Cincinnati getting in with a 12-team playoff and, you know, making some noise hopefully. so. Yeah, just my concern would be, like, as of right now, if it were 12-team would be put into place right now, the Power Five teams that would get in would be Georgia, Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, or not Michigan, sorry, uh, Oklahoma State, and Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati is ranked fifth in the country. They are the top team in their conference, but they still wouldn't get in. I just think that guaranteeing playoff spots to con- the Power Five conference winners would just – I wouldn't see why that would be fair, yeah. especially when there are seasons where – I mean, you could argue the Sun Belt, some of the top teams in that conference, while they're not ranked, teams like Coastal and App State, they have really good seasons. And just to keep them out because their conference isn't considered elite, I think it's a little biased. But mm-hmm. obviously we've seen a lot of a lot of issues with the college football playoff committee already, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. But truly, I'd love to see – I think expansion would be good, but I'd love to see it go to 24 because at, wow. at that point, that's how they do it in the FCS level. They allow every conference winner to get in. Yeah. And I think, and people would say, well, you'd have a bunch of unranked teams getting in. Right now, only two conference teams that are going to win their conference are unranked the Sun Belt and the MAC. Every other conference has at least one team ranked in the top 24. So I don't think there'd be that much of a talent drop off. And at the same time, right now, if you're to do it, you'd have Coastal Carolina most likely be the 23 seed take on Wake Forest. I think wow. that would be a lot of fun. I think you could create a lot of good matchups in the first round. Wouldn't be Bama playing a lesser team. You'd have nine playing through 24, so you have a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. And then the winners would then go on to play the top dogs, in a, and you'd allow home playoff games. And I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And also, um, you look at you, – you'd basically be like a March Madness. Like, it's crazy. Like, if we're going to span of 24 teams, it'd just be like that type of March Madness, like – for football, so yeah, that'd be pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm, I, I'd be all for that. But I think twelve teams would be a good start, in my opinion. I just think you know, we'll experiment and see how it goes. And yeah, moving forward, I think 
I think 12 teams would be a good start. So Yeah, I definitely agree that expanding to 24 from 4 would be a little yeah. extreme. <laughs> but uh, it's just a dream I have. I did the math because I'm a math person. The percentage of – there's 350 college basketball teams in NCAA D1. Mm-hmm. 64 teams make the tournament, 68 if you want to count the first four. That is, I believe, 20% of the field gets in, about 20%. Mm-hmm. If you have 24 of 130 FC, FBS teams get in, that's about as close to a percentage. So you'd have the same percentage of teams making the tournament. You'd allow every conference to get in, and like you said, it creates a March Madness feel to it. And I, and if you have to cut out one game of a season and the, you don't allow Alabama to play Furman every year, I think – I think it's better for the sport, and I think it would be clear to create a lot of fun. You'd eliminate the bowl games that I come to not enjoy as much anymore, except for the big ones in the playoffs. You don't like the bowl games? You don't I'm, like the Bahamas Bowl? No, I'm not. Can't say I'm a fan of the <laughs> Bahamas Bowl. You don't like the bowl. Cheez-It Bowl? I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch Coastal Carolina play Wake Forest than watch BYU play Georgia State in the in the Frisco Bowl in the Tropical Smoothie Frisco <laughs> Bowl. Unfortunately, but yeah. anyways, we're gonna move on now to. Our pick them this week, starting with college football. A lot of big games coming up this week. Probably the biggest one, starting off in Columbus. Michigan State travels to the horseshoe to take on number four, Ohio State. Jay, who takes this one? Yeah, one of the biggest games for Michigan State outside of the Michigan game, which they won, obviously. Um, but, you know, I just think I think for MSU, if their defense is going to be able to stop C.J. Stroud and Chris Olave and all those guys, Garrett Wilson, all those pass catchers, if they can do that, I think Michigan State can make this a close game. But I don't know if they can do that. They haven't been, they haven't proven to me that they could stop a David Bell who went off for 200 yards. And even for Maryland, like Talia Taiwello, he, he didn't play great, but they were able to exploit some of MSU's, MSU, MSU's defense. Um, so... I like Ohio State in this game, but I do like Michigan State to cover the 19-point spread. Yeah, what about you? I definitely think they'll cover the spread. A uh, little fact I found this morning, Ohio State has failed to cover the spread the week before Michigan seven years in a row. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's that. surprising. They've won, what, nine in a row against Michigan? And seven of them, seven of those years, they haven't covered the spread, which I just thought was uh, quite surprising. I think 20 points is ridiculous. I definitely think, or 19 it is now. So I definitely think Michigan State covers. I would say that both teams are more similar than like the committee and everybody around the, around the country wants to realize. Both are very good passing teams with good mm-hmm. receivers on the outside. Both run the ball well. I think State runs the ball better than Ohio State. I think Ohio State passes yeah, a little bit better, better, but very similar offenses. I think their defense are both not very good. No, I don't, I don't think Ohio bad. State's defense is that good. The weather's supposed to be nice, so we won't we won't get to see a 2015 style 15 passes either side, so I, I, which I think is awesome. So we'll get to see both teams true te- true play. I'm gonna go with Ohio State, but it's gonna be close. I definitely think. Yeah, it's I do that. And like I said, like the defense for MSU and both these teams are not very good defensively, but for MSU, their corners are str- are still struggling. And I think if CJ Stroud, I think CJ Stroud is gonna be able to pick this defense apart. Um, and yeah, I think if State can run the ball very efficiently, I think they have a very good chance, like any other team would. But yeah, I like Ohio State in this game. But we'll have to see. Yeah, my only concern with Stroud is he, we've seen him struggle in the bigger games. Like I know yeah. the Oregon game was a long time ago, but some of these bigger primetime games he's played in, he hasn't played as well. So we'll see how he does with the when the lights are brightest this weekend. Obviously, this is it, right? And obviously, if they win this weekend and Michigan wins against Maryland next weekend, will be it again. But it's definitely. Definitely going to be interesting to see how he does. 
And then obviously Mel Tucker, the extension rumors. This is one of those games you got to go out and win, right? That's you're being, if you're going to start being paid nine million dollars a year, you're going to have to go out and win games in the horseshoe, so that way you can go and play in the playoff or go play in the conference championship and try and get into the playoff. Yeah, no doubt. I, I completely agree. Anyways, moving on to our next game, another noon kickoff, big one in the ACC. Wake Forest, who's ranked 10th in the country, travels to Death Valley to take on Clemson. What do you think? Uh, man, I like Clemson this game. I really do. I think Clemson's on a roll right now. I know they haven't had the best year. Their offense is still not very good, but I know they played UConn, uh, what was it, last week or a couple weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, I like Clemson to upset Wake Forest in this game. Um, what about you, Matt? I can't go against Wake Forest. I, really? I've loved watching Wake Forest this year. Their offense is so much fun to watch. I think that Clemson's defense has started to just wear down as the year's gone on. I just don't know if they can hold up against that type of offense. And we know that Clemson's offense is not very good. Mm -hmm. They just won't be able to score. So if it comes down to a close game, obviously Clemson's going to be able to move the ball better than they have. But I'm going to go with Wake Forest. I think they win this one, go win the ACC, and then get to play in the New Year's Six Bowl this year, which would be awesome to see that program do. Yeah, we'll have to see. It's just I think it's going to be one of those weird weeks where you go into Death Valley and you and you find a way to lose. Like Sam Hartman's very good this year, thirty-one hundred yards, thirty touchdowns. But we'll have to see. I just I think I think Clemson comes out on top here. So, yeah, I definitely think that Hartman has had a great year. He should be up for more Heisman consideration than mm -hmm. he is. I mean, obviously, I still think Kenneth Walker is the Heisman favorite, but I think that Hartman should get more respect than he has. Anyways, we're going to move on now to the SEC. Number 21, Arkansas travels to Tuscaloosa to take on second-ranked Alabama. I'm, I'm, you're probably going to take Alabama. Will Arkansas cover the 20-point spread? Uh, I'm going to say yes, they do. It's it's probably going to be like a backdoor cover. Uh, but, yeah, I like Alabama to win this game, obviously, and you know, prove, hopefully, and prove the committee, prove the committee they still belong. So, yeah. I definitely think Arkansas covers in this one, probably for the reason that Alabama's front seven, especially on defense, is, hasn't been as good as it usually is. I don't yeah. think their defense is as polished. So I definitely think Arkansas will have a much better success offensively than they did against Georgia. Obviously, that game was an absolute massacre. They just could not move the football. But Bama's a much different team up front, so I think being allowed to move the ball and run the ball like that offense loves to do, they'll definitely be able to keep it close and keep it, keep it within 20, I think, is – Plenty reasonable. You know what's pretty crazy? This is probably the Nick Saban's worst team in, arguably Nick Saban's worst team in years, and there's he has he has him still in prime position to make the playoff. Like, isn't that crazy? What that crazy. what Nick Saban can do? Yeah, it's it's honestly it's pretty impressive. Uh, definitely, their yeah. offense isn't as good, um, and their defense definitely is not as good as it's been. But they do have to beat Georgia. I I think for them. They don't get in unless they beat Georgia in the, in the SEC championship. Yeah. I'm not sure how you can put them in with two losses over Cincinnati, but we'll cross that bridge when we yeah. get there. It's going to be a heated discussion by then. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. Moving on, Oregon, the big one on prime time this week, 730. Number three, Oregon travels to Utah, number 24, Utah. Utah's favored to win this one. What do you I, think? I like Utah in this game. I mean, how? I mean, to be honest, how could you not playing at Utah at an, in a night game? And Oregon, I mean, they went out. They went out to Stanford and lost. I'm not a big Oregon believer, to be honest with you. I know they went into the shoe and beat the beat Ohio State, but I think Utah comes out of this game and and wins this game, to be honest with you. So, 
Yeah, I haven't been impressed with Oregon's quarterback play. I mean, their no, defense. Yeah, I haven't is, either. Their defense is as good as it gets. Yeah, Kevon Thibodeau was a beast. Gonna yeah, be the number one pick in this draft, yeah, they probably. Have, they have tons of talent up and down that defense. Their running game is very good. I but I think it's gonna come down to some quarterback play, and I I just don't see how they can go into Utah and win this one. So I'm also gonna go with Utah with the upset. They're favored at home as as a, as an upset. So it's I'm, really an upset. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you know, it's a favorite. So. so. All right, and then we'll get into a big upset pick. What is your upset pick of the week? What is one game? Um, I'm probably going to have to stick with my Clemson pick, to be honest with you. I think that's going to be my upset. I'm going to have to put that as my upset pick going in Wake Forest going into Death Valley, but who knows? I honestly, like, I mean, last week on the last week in the pylon, I picked Washington to upset um, Tampa, uh, the Buccaneers. So, you know, who, kn- who knows if I'll be right again, so. Uh, my upset pick of the week is a Big Ten matchup. It is Nebraska to go into Camp oh, Randall. I thought about that game. I Nebraska is the best team in the country to miss a bowl game this year. They're three that and is seven. Very true. They have like I think the third or second best offense in the Big Ten. Number four defense it is ridiculous that they are having as bad of a season as they are with their record. And the only game they shouldn't have lost was Illinois. That was I mean week zero against Illinois. But they lost to Oklahoma by one score, lost to Illinois by one score, lost to Michigan State in overtime, Michigan by three, Minnesota by a touchdown, Purdue by five, Ohio State by nine. They keep it close. They're coming off a bye, and I do not like Wisconsin's offense whatsoever, and I think that Nebraska's defense is going to shut them down. So I really like the Cornhuskers. They definitely covered the nine-point spread, and I think they come out one with I did. Th- I did think about this game because, look, Wisconsin's played much better than what they – what they were how they were playing in early October but like you said about Nebraska I think this is I think this is the reason why Scott Frost is staying next year is because the amount of close games they've lost you know they do have the talent they have a really good defense I really like their I really like their linebackers and and their defensive linemen up front and yeah Nebraska look they should have made a bowl game like and like you saw all those all these close losses I mean I if they don't make a bowl game next year then yeah Scott Frost should be out the door but I think giving Scott Frost another year is is the right move for them, and that's why they've given him another chance. So yeah, the unfortunate part is that Adrian Martinez, their quarterback, is finally leaving. Finally, don't have to hear any more of the Heisman dark horse yeah. predictions. But yeah, I mean, with all the one possession losses, they're they're bound to win one, right? They have to beat somebody big, and maybe it's Iowa in a couple weeks. We'll see. Obviously, they play them next week. Um, and I just think that this win for them will just create even more chaos. That is the Big Ten West, like that division. I do, <laughs> no, yeah, I do think they'll either win this game or, ho- like when they host Iowa on Black Friday, I think they'll either win one of those two games because, I think, because Iowa's had their number obviously over the years. I think Nebraska could find a way to beat Iowa. If not, then I think they could beat Wisconsin. So yeah, the sleeper pick, good sleeper pick by you there. All right, now we're going to move on to NFL picks for the week. Starting off at a 1 o'clock kick, the Colts travel to the Bills. Like we talked about, the Bills need to win to control first place in the East. Who is your pick for the, for that game? I like the Bills in this game, but I do like the Colts to, to cover the seven-point spread and make it a close one. The Colts have been in a lot of close games, and they've found a way, they've found a way to lose. Obviously, the Ravens, they should have won that game. Um, you know, being, the, being, the Niners in a, being the Niners pretty handily at Levi was pretty impressive. So I, I like the Bills in this one, but I do like the Colts to keep it close. So I do like the Colts a lot. They've played a lot better since they're like I believe they started off one and four. They just had a r- brutal start to the season, lost a couple close games. 
I they're the big thing that they've changed is they're running the ball really well right now. Jonathan Taylor's been on an absolute tear. I'm still gonna go with the Bills at home. I think that they just they're gonna control the line of scrimmage for most of the game. And if you take away Jonathan Taylor, that Colts offense really does become limited, especially even though they have some great weapons on the outside. So I'm still gonna go with the Colts, or I'm gonna go with the Bills. I'm sorry, but the Colts will cover the seven points. But I do mm-hmm. think the Bills will pull this one out. Yep. Uh, next game, another one o'clock kick. The Packers travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Who is your pick mm. in this one? Um, obviously it's a close one, only one point spread. Um, in interdivision, NFC North game. Um, I like I do like Green Bay in this one. I just think Minnesota, coming off of a nice one against the Chargers at SoFi. I just think this is the type of game where they'll just lose at home. You know they've been a lot of, been in, been in a lot of close games, so I like Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers in this one. So it's a good pick. I like the Vikings in this one. Actually, I think that they're playing really well right now. Obviously, they've lost a lot of one possession game. All of their losses are one possession games so far this year, but a lot of good teams. I think getting the Packers at home is going to make the biggest difference. And so yeah, I think that going into yeah, I think they got a, a lighter stretch of their record season coming up, light, lighter schedule coming up. So I definitely like the Vikings to win this one and get going and maybe take control of that last wild card spot in the NFC. Yep. Uh, moving <coughs> to another one o'clock kick, I believe, is the Saints taking on the Eagles. The Saints have to travel to Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I like the. Sorry, uh, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like the Eagles in this one. Um, I just think I don't, I don't see anything from. The Saints quarterback play that can prove can be proven otherwise. So yeah, I like the Eagles in this one, Matt. I like I like the Saints in this one. I think they're the better, more complete team other than quarterback play. Obviously, Jalen Hurts has played really well this year and has helped keep the Eagles alive and keep their playoff chances alive. Obviously, an impressive road win against the Broncos last weekend. But I I just something about the Saints. Their team is really good. I think they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. And they lost a really close game to the Titans, lost another close game to the Falcons two weeks prior. I, I think they got to pull this one out. They want to continue to stay with the Buccaneers in the division if that's really the goal they want to achieve is to win the NFC South. So I, I think they are able to pull one out on the road this weekend. Next game, probably the game of the week on Fox at 4.30. The Cowboys travel to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Oh, boy, this is going to be a really good one. Um... You know, I like the Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs are just kind of starting to find their groove. You know, last week against the Raiders, they demolished them, put up over 40 points. Mahomes throwing for over 300 yards, five touchdowns. Um, yeah, I like the Chiefs here. I mean, the Cowboys have shown me that they can, that they're for real, but they also have shown me that they can get blown out by Dallas by 30 points. So, or not blown out by Dallas, blown out by Denver by 30 points. So, yeah, I like the Chiefs here. You, everything says you should take the Cowboys. They've appeared to be the better overall team this year, other than just their offense. Obviously, the Chiefs' offense is always good. It hasn't been as good this year. Uh, their defense for Dallas is much better, much improved, and Kansas City's defense is not very good, as we've seen. But I think something about it, I just think this is one the Chiefs win at home. Yep. I think it's a tough, tough place to go and win. And I think uh, the performance we saw from the Chiefs last week was what we expect from the Chiefs, right? Tough game on the road, primetime against the Raiders. They go out and pretty much just handle them, right? They just controlled the game for the most part. 41-14, to 14, they won. And Mahomes threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. So I think they continue that to roll and go through, and they take down Dallas this weekend. Yep, we'll have to see. But, yeah, I think this is the, this is the type of game the Chiefs have to win in order to prove that they're 
that they're still contenders in the AFC. Definitely. And now a big, another big AFC matchup. The Steelers travel to LA to take on the Chargers. What do you think in this? You know, yeah, I do like the Chargers in this game, but it's a very concerning one because this the Chargers look. They're a very good team, but they they haven't really shown me that they can be legit AFC contenders yet because they've lost these games that they should have won earlier in the year. So. I do like the charge in the Chargers in this one, but I do think it's going to be a pretty close game. I do think the Steelers cover the six point spread. So I am concerned about the. I'm not. I'm really not sure what to think about this game. Obviously, I do not like the offense for Pittsburgh. It's very stagnant. It doesn't they don't move the? I mean, they do move the ball well, but they don't. Nothing flashy about what they do. The run game is a big part of them, and the Chargers are not very good at shutting down the run. So I definitely think it'll be closer than six points. So I do think the Steelers cover, but I think that. Justin Herbert is going to really slice up the defense for Pittsburgh. I think he's going to be able to move, throw the ball well. And I so I think that the Chargers will win this one on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, and for the Chargers, like I said, in order to be AFC contenders, you got to win these games. Like, you got to beat the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings are not a bad team, but they're three, they were a 3-5 and five team. You were at home, and you lose You lose by a touchdown. You know, you go, in, you go into Philly, and you only win by three. I know Philly, Philly's not – they're not great, but they're, they're not a bad team. And then you get blown up by the Ravens. So I'm interested to see how the Chargers can respond here against the Steelers team that tie the Lions. And I do think they will respond handily. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to see. Uh, let's see. Roethlisberger is not ex- – is he expected to play on Sunday? Uh, I do not know. I believe if he's not, it's going to be Mason, the Mason Rudolph show again. So we'll see how that goes. But if Roethlisberger is going to play – you know, we're going to see more of his dink and dunk, This more of the dink and dunk offense trying to hand it to Najee Harris like they've been doing all season. So, yeah, we'll have to see. But if Mason Rudolph has to go, it's not, no offense to him, but it's not going to be a pretty showing for the Steelers' offense. So so Roethlisberger has not practiced all week, but according to Coach Tomlin, he does <clears> not have to as long as he gets uh, test negative for COVID before, mm-hmm. I think, Saturday night. So pretty much before they go to L.A., as long as he is tested negative, he will be in. If if I'm sorry, if uh, Rudolph Mason Rudolph is in the game, I do I am worried about that offense. They yeah. struggled to move the ball against a Lions team that is not very good, only putting up 16 points. That is cause for concern now that they're going to play a much better, much improved, a much better Chargers team. But I think they'll be able to run the ball well. It'll be close, but I still think that the Chargers will be able to pull this. Yeah, one. and we've seen these quarterbacks that are you know that have been pretty good. I mean, I'm not saying Roethlisberger's been good this year, but that have come up, that haven't practiced all week and haven't really done anything. Like Prescott, he came back, came in at, for the Denver game and only it didn't and put up a goose egg or until garbage time, put up only 14 points. And then Rogers only up pulling up 13 points due to COVID. So yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how Ben does off the COVID list. Yeah, de- definitely. I think him not practicing will make a difference. Yeah. But that's going to do it for us today here at Impact Sports Daily. I am your host, Matt Merrifield, joined with Jay DeCoster today. So a lot of great football on this weekend, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. You've been listening to Impact Sports Daily.